is coming up now on Established in the Faith. The fire that fell on Mount Carmel, it was a fire of judgment. It should have fallen upon everyone standing there that day, Elijah included, because the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me please to the book of 1 Kings. The book of 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings 18 verse 36. And it came to pass at that time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. And I want to use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes, The fire fell. On this particular day, thousands of people had gathered to the top of Mount Carmel. Most of these people were deceived by 450 prophets of Baal, as well as the leadership of that day. The deception that was given to the people was that Baal and Jehovah God were one and the same. And to address this situation, Elijah asked the question, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. He went on to say, Give us two bullocks. Let them choose one, cut it in pieces. Place it on the altar, put no fire under. He said, and I'll do the same. Call on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answers by fire, let him be God. And Elijah let them go first. The Jewish Targums say that the altar that was built to Baal 
had a trap door in the back. It was hidden inside of the people. And at a given point in time, one of those priests would sneak in that back door, crawl up in there and light a fire and give the appearance that fire had miraculously appeared and the people would turn their faith toward Baal. They were deceived. And I want you to notice the number of times in these verses that Elijah made the statement, put no fire under. He was on to them. He knew what they were doing. And these prophets of Baal, they got the bullet prepared and everything is all set up and they've got the priest ready to crawl up in there and do his thing and Boy, did they ever more put on a show. The Bible says that they leaped upon the altar. They cried aloud, cut themselves with knives and lances until the blood gushed out. They prophesied. And this went on for hours. And nothing happened. And I imagine them prophets of Baal... They're looking at one another and they're like, how long are we going to have to keep doing all of this? Whose turn was it to light the fire? It was Joe's turn. Well, why ain't he lit the fire yet? I don't know. Maybe he went to sleep. Something happened and... There was no fire, and, they, and, 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 and I mean, they're just ever more putting on a show, but I imagine there was some priests back there pulling and tugging on that door trying to get in there and find out what was going on. But my friend, I believe God shut that trap door. The deception had gone on long enough, and God shut the door. There's deception going on in this country, and God's going to shut the door. He's going to shut that door, and the truth is going to come out, folks. If you don't believe it, Jesus Christ said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. He crucified him. They put him in the tomb, and three days later, the truth came out. The truth will come out. Deception. He had their number. God shut that door. And like I said, this went on for hours. And Elijah begins to mock. If you'll look there in 1 Kings 18, verse 27. It came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud. In other words, cry louder. Maybe he's having trouble hearing you. For he is a God. Either he's talking or maybe he's pursuing. Maybe he's on a journey. Maybe he's sleeping. Now some would say that Elijah is being a little hard. Some would say that Elijah is wrong in mocking all of this. But I don't think so. Because if you look a little later on there in verse 36, the Bible says everything he did was according to the word of the Lord. And church, I'm afraid that we are a little bit too soft when it comes to false doctrine and other religions. 
I'm listening to a radio program. I don't know, this has been several years ago. We were on the station then, and I listened to a preacher come on. It was a Saturday morning, and he was all about the seventh day, worshiping on the seventh, you know, seventh day Adventist thing. False doctrine. I called up the station and spoke to the one in charge, and I said, are, are, you, are you listening to what you're sending out over the airwaves right now? This preacher's preaching false doctrine. Yeah, we know he's Seventh-day Adventist. Well, why are you promoting it? Why are you allowing this false doctrine to go out and confuse the people? Well, he paid for his airtime. Church, we've got to stand up against false doctrine and other religions. We're talking about souls, people that are deceived by that which is not of God. And to point it out, make people aware of it. Elijah finally said after they've done all this dancing and hooping and hollering and he finally said, that's enough. 1 Kings 18, verse 30, the Bible says that he called all the people together and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. Up on top of Mount Carmel, there was an altar that had been built to Jehovah God. But it had been abandoned. It was in a broken down state. It typified Israel abandoning God and his sacrifice. I read the statistics just this week. Church attendance all across this country today is down 30% now because of COVID. You think of that. People ain't going to church no more. Oh, but they know where to come when it's time for a wedding. Don't hear nothing from nobody for weeks, months, years. Ain't even seen them. But the phone goes ringing when it's time to have a wedding. Preacher, can we use the church? Can you preach the wedding? No, sir, I cannot. I'm not wearing nobody that ain't married to Jesus Christ and sustaining their relationship with Christ because it ain't going to work. Done been there, done that, bought a t-shirt, no more. Ain't seen folks in years, but they know where to come when it's time for the family reunion. They know where to come when they need to use the gym for a birthday party or whatever other kind of party. Where they at all the rest of the time. I hope and pray that these individuals, whomever they may be, not only here in North Carolina, but all across this country. People that are not going to church anymore. It's one thing to abandon the church, but it's another thing when you abandon God and His sacrifice. Your soul is at stake. Elijah, he took 12 stones, if you'll look there in verse 31. One for each of the 12 tribes of Israel, and he built the altar of the Lord. The stones were... 
used in the Bible at times to typify Christ. Jesus said in Mark 12, verse 10, the stone that the builders rejected. He was speaking of himself. The stone that the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner. Those stones typified Christ. There was 12 of those stones. 12 is God's number for government. And Elijah used these 12 stones to build the altar of the Lord. It was the foundation of that altar. And I'm here to tell you today, Christ and the cross is to be the foundation of all government. Any government that is not founded on Christ and the cross is a government that is set up for failure. And right now, everybody's all alarmed about Putin and the Russians going in and attacking Ukraine. That is a government that will fail because it is not built upon Christ and him crucified. The reason our country's been blessed to the extent that it has is because of the Judeo-Christian principles that this nation was founded on. But wait, we're, we're, we're shifting off of that foundation fast. It's amazing how far we've come in one year. Twelve stones. He made a trench round about the altar. The trench speaks of separation. Folks, we are living in a mixed-up age. Anything goes. Out in the world and in the church. Not this one. Not this one. We put a trench around this church. There are certain things that's of God, and there are certain things that are not of God, and you ain't doing it here. This is God's place. This is a place to worship God, serve God, and, 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 and there's certain things that don't need to go on here. No drinking, no smoking, no dancing, no worldly music, no worldly movies, any of that stuff. If you want to do that stuff, I'm sure there's a building down the road that you can rent and do those things. But as for me in this house, we will serve the Lord. It's time for the church to stand up and draw a line and say, this is of God and this is not. Oh, but when you do that, you upset some folks. The trench. Verse 33, he placed the wood in order upon the altar. That wood typified the cross. And it's God's divine order of victory for you and I. He cut the bullock in pieces and laid it upon the altar. Verse 33 again. Sin is more than just a surface act. It is the very nature of the human being. Sin runs deep, ladies and gentlemen. And when Jesus Christ died on Calvary, he paid the sin debt for every act of sin that has ever been committed since the dawn of time. Past, present, future. But also, when Jesus died on Calvary, it opened up the door for the Holy Spirit to come into the heart and life of the believer to bind up the sin nature to give you the power to live a victorious life. And that bullet was cut up in pieces, symbolizing that sin runs deep. It's more than just a surface situation. And then... Also, in verse 33, he filled four barrels 
with water and poured it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. They did this three times. Three times. Symbolic of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And the water ran down about the altar and filled the trench also. Everything was saturated with the water. The water typified the Word of God. Everything that Jesus did was according to the Word of God. And everything being saturated with water. Four barrels. Three times. Saturated. The wood's wet. The sacrifice is wet. The stones is wet. The trench is wet. Everything there is wet. It was God's way of showing those 450 prophets of Baal that there ain't no shenanigans going on here. All right. And it came to pass at the time of the evening sacrifice. Verse 36. Two sacrifices were to be offered up at the temple every day. One at nine o'clock in the morning, one at three o'clock in the afternoon, and it was doubled on the Sabbath day. Jesus was put on the cross at nine o'clock in the morning, and he died at three o'clock in the afternoon. All of this was a picture, a portrayal, if you will, of what Jesus would do at the cross. Now, wait a minute. Elijah had no knowledge of any of this, but he did it according to the word of the Lord. And it was God's way of trying to bring Israel back to the altar. That's what God has always tried to do. Bring his people back to the altar. The altar typified the cross. God's trying to bring his church today back to the finished work of Christ because it is there that you and I can have forgiveness of sin. It is there where our names can be written down in the Lamb's book of life. And only at the cross. And the Bible says that Elijah prayed. 1 Kings 18, verse 36. He said, Lord, I'm your servant. I have done all these things according to thy word. Hear me, O Lord. Hear me that these people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their heart back again. Ladies and gentlemen, this needs to be the prayer of the church, that God would use us to the fullest extent that he can to turn the hearts of the people back to God. We need to pray for the lost. We need to pray for the backslider. 
that God would finger around their hearts and bring them in. This is no time for us to be backing off and slacking off. It is a time in history when God's people should be getting closer to the Lord. And thus we need to be carrying the gospel out to win the lost. And when Elijah prayed, the Bible says, verse 38, that the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the dust, and even licked up all the water that was in the trench. You know, we read that and we shout, praise God. God stepped on the scene and he showed them folks who was God. It was a day of great victory for God's people. But my friend, let me tell you, when that fire fell on Mount Carmel that day, it was a fire of judgment. Judgment upon sin. It typified the moment when the sins of mankind, past, present, future, when the sins of the world was laid upon the shoulders of the Lord Jesus Christ. It typified the moment when Jesus would cry aloud and say, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Jesus Christ suffered a many a thing upon that cross. His back was torn to pieces with the lictor's lash, the thorns that pierced his brow. They literally pulled the beard from his face. He didn't even look like a human being. They nailed him to a cross. But of all the things that Jesus suffered, being separated from the Father was the worst thing that happened to Jesus Christ. In that moment when he cried, My God, my God, he was separated from the Father. And my friend, he did not do it for himself. He did it for you and I. The fire that fell on Mount Carmel, it was a fire of judgment. It should have fallen upon everyone standing there that day, Elijah included, because the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But instead, that fire fell upon the sacrifice. Jesus took our place. He took the fire of judgment for all who will ever believe. Sin has to be judged, and for all who will believe, our sins were judged at Calvary. But for those who believe not, the fire of judgment will fall, and they will be forever separated from God, and the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night. If you're listening to me by radio today and you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, I want to pray with you right now. I'm going to ask the congregation, if you will, repeat it after me. 
Saying some words won't save you. But if you believe it in your heart, then God will save your soul today. Let us pray. Our God, have mercy on me today. I come to you, a lost sinner. Please forgive me. Wash me. Cleanse me. You said in your word, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, that if we can believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths the Lord Jesus, then we will be saved. And right now, I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth And the Bible says that whosoever calleth upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And right now, I call upon your name. And Lord, I thank you now that I am washed, I am cleansed, I am saved. Amen. Amen. Thank you so very, very much for tuning in with us today. If you prayed that prayer with me by radio, give us a call. Love to talk with you. The number is 252-299-4234. Give us a call. Like to talk with you. today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning, we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.